One, two, one, two. Yep, all good for me, thank you. Right, so it's the Bake Off final tomorrow. Yes. Right, have you been watching it? Nope. <laughs> oh dear, it's hard to plug. <laughs> she wasn't on this episode, she was on a few years back. Yes, that's very true. Did you watch that one either? No, <laughs> haven't watched it since BBC. I don't think I've ever actually watched a full episode. Oh, I, w- I watched three series on it, it was BBC. I watched the Stand Up to Cancer ones, but... Oh, that's good. They're funny. That's good for charity. That's, did you do- that's real for them. Did you donate? Uh, yeah. Liar. <laughs> Hello and welcome along to You Have Been Watching with Luke and Elliot, the podcast that invites a different guest each episode to choose some of their favourite telly shows. They'll be asked to pick four separate shows from each of our categories and a couple of bonus choices as well. Why? Because they've won our made-up competition to spend a weekend away at a luxurious travel lodge in the heart of Preston. That was really hard with that mouth ulcer I've got. Oh, we've got a mouth ulcer. It's on the back of my tongue. Too much sweets and chockey for you. We have been... No, for you. No, you liar. No, no, no. I'm getting you in. We had a lot of chockey this week. Uh, We had a lot of chockey. Well, thank you. Thank you. Nice to see you, Elliot. Um, Of course, had I been a girl, I would have been Jenna or Madeline. But um, I wasn't, so here I am. Really? Yes, I believe so. Both names I think (laughs) I hate, (laughs) to be honest with you. I'd have been Daisy if I was a a gal. Oh, yeah. all quite sort of panto cow names <laughs> yes well you say that we are actually doing panto together at the moment in a place in the uk that i believe has the most stabbings per square mile per population <laughs> it also is the only co2 pumping producer in god probably the world right now and that's just derek the manto producer <laughs> <laughs> oh yes uh, do you know, i've got a fact actually for you about names i literally saw this today yeah the name went i don't know you might know this the name wendy mm-hmm. was invented by J.M. Barry for Peter Pan. Yes, did I did that? know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's one of those ones that cool. I knew. And they still get the um, the funding, don't they? Great Ormistry Hospital get the rights for all Peter Pan. Oh, I've heard. Because they've been, he, he left. Is, is J.M. Barry a boy or a gal? Um, actually don't know. Boy, I think. Well, whomever they are, they left the rights of Peter Pan to Great Ormond Street. So if anyone does a show on it, um, or anything to the book or whatever, they get the money for the rights. That's quite nice. If you put on Peter Pan, you're quite literally giving to charity. You are indeed. That's amazing. Although if you do one that's not called Peter Pan, and a lot of venues do say like, the adventures of Peter Pan... They're doing a loophole so they don't have to pay the rights to Great Ormond Street. We've definitely done an amateur panto in our youth called Captain Hook's Revenge. Yep, screw you, Crossroads. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, great Peter Pan knowledge. Yes, Daisy if I was a girl. Um, Barney if I was a boy. Well, I am a boy, but they, they chose the other name. <laughs> Changed it at the last minute. They did, yeah, I would have, would have preferred that actually. I really hate the name Elliot. Exclusive for you today. I really hate the name Elliot. It's because it's three syllables. I think any name that's longer than two syllables doesn't sound authoritative. Barnaby. Well, Barney it would have been. It would have been Barney for sure. Barney, yeah. But normally people go with Barnaby. No, 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 I'm not that posh, Luke. I'm a working class man from a working class family. Called Barney, yeah, there's loads of them. Called Barney, yes. Okay, interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that name. But I think, Elliot, you've got to live with it. And it's, it was E.T., wasn't it? That was the story behind it, right? Yes, well, the kid's called Elliot from E.T. Yeah, I didn't think it was the E.T. bit. Yeah, that's true. He's called Extraterrestrial. Yes. So his name is Extraterrestrial. Yes, I suppose so, but what I don't is... think he named himself that. But also, the alien can't speak English. No. So he goes E.T. phone home. Oh, no, I suppose the boy calls him. The boy's him. called him E.T. What a thick kid. Most kids would just call him, like, Jeff or something. Yeah. He's called him extraterrestrial. A six-year-old kid has called a being extraterrestrial. I certainly didn't know what that meant, age yeah. six. Uh, that and there was a film called Pete's Dragon. Pete's Dragon was called Elliot. Oh, really? Yeah, so oh. two, two films there. Pete's Dragon. Lesser known film, that one. Yeah, big Disney film. Uh, back in the day, and then they uh, remastered it. No, not remastered it. Remade it about uh, 10, 15 years ago. It was also a flop. <laughs> That's interesting to know the names, you know. Did you know if your mum and dad really battled with each name? Like, did one I thought we were going to say each other, and the answer is <laughs> yes. The divorce was many years ago. <laughs> Do you know if one of them was really pro-Barney and one of them was really pro-Elliot, or they didn't quite give you the goss? 
Well, I think Barney's better and Elliot won. So I imagine Elliot was my mum's choice. <laughs> dominant. Dominant chromosome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, um, shall I tell everyone why they're here if they've blindly clicked on the episode? Please do. It'll be my pleasure. They are here If you've for... come via the Daily Mail, go away. <laughs> but also stay. We could do with the figures. Oh, please, God, if you want to fund it. <laughs> uh, we're here for Lottie Bedlow. We're here to celebrate the life and times of Lottie Bedlow. Very popular fan favourite contestant from the Great British Bake Off 2020. Um, she has a degree in animal behavioural studies. Really? Yep, that was a quick Google. She yeah. doesn't strike me as a kind-hearted person. <laughs> we do know her, by the way, so that's okay. We have met her before, which I'm sure we'll bring up uh, at a food festival when we were judging and presenting a cake-off together. A, a bake-off, but there was rights issues. <laughs> we really liked how sort of uh, cutting and vicious she was. But I think that comes across that we are really, really fond of her. So we're being jokey. Looking forward to speaking with her again. We last saw her on the hottest day of the year and it was nasty. She was walking around with one of those very clever £10 fans from WH Smith, sort of portable, don't know what you call it, electric, electric fan. She was, yes. Although we had a producer that literally pointed the fan at us, so I think we won. I think we won on that occasion. We won. Yes, so yeah, very interesting person. Pantomime producer by trade, now a baker for social media, for telly, with a book, with all sorts going on. How strange that it's been a pantomime-themed start. It has been a pantomime-themed start. Unintentionally. People think these bits are planned. I hope you can tell they're really not. (laughs) You'd be a fool to script this. (laughs) Please do follow, like and subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. If it's a nice one, please, it really does help uh, genuinely and do tell people about it. It's quite time consuming, but we love it. <laughs> Lottie Bedlow, she makes food that tastes good for the people she loves. We make podcasts for almost anyone that will listen. So here we go. <laughs> and anyone that pays. And if you do want to pay, my God, get in touch. Cash or card. Yeah. Travellers checks. Take PayPal as well. Oh, yeah. I suppose we don't take PayPal, do we? That's just... A, that's no, we won't give it. We'll totally take it. <laughs> we can help it. Uh, please enjoy the You Have Been Watching with Luke and Ellie episode of Lottie Bedlow. So here on You Have Been Watching, we imagine that our special guest has won a weekend away to a hotel room in Preston, where all they can do is lie back and watch telly. They'll be choosing four of their favourite ever TV shows and we'll be hearing why they've chosen them and what it means to them. In and amongst all that, we'll also ask them which television personality they want to spend their weekend with and what they'd like to eat. Our guest today is the duster, the dredger, the glazer, the greaser, the caramelizer, the creamer, the curdler herself. It's Lottie Bedlow. Hello, Lottie. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> what the hell was that? Uh, well, I, I actually didn't mean to say some of them, but I, I got a bit carried away. Did you mean creamer? I loved, I loved all of them. It, I like duster. I was like, oh, they've got the wrong person. But then I said, yeah, the caramel. Eliza, I love all of that. That's great. Thank you. I'll put it on my biog. <laughs> the creamer, Lottie Bedlow. Yeah, the creamer I was going to skip over, but there we are. They're all things you can genuinely do in baking. So, you know. Now, we're going to get it out first of all. This isn't the first time we've had the pleasure of meeting. We we did meet in the summer of this year at a food festival uh, on, I think it was the hottest weekend of the year, was it not? It was horrendous. It was honestly the hottest, the hottest gig I've ever done in a tent outside of Bake Off. But Bake Off was hotter in that tent, was it? It was 45 degrees in the tent the week I went out when I was doing ice cream, yeah. Spoiler alert, I haven't caught up yet. (laughs) (laughs) No, it was absolutely boiling and we met because we were doing a sort of mini Bake Off competition. We were hosting it and you were our special guest. Um, Nothing to do with copyright. It was called the Great British Cake Off. Quite right, yeah, of course. Um, And we've done quite a lot of these with some quite mild-mannered, you know, nutty characters from Bake Off times. And none of them have been quite as cutting, Lottie, as you. (laughs) And they were all supposed to be chocolate cakes. And we were going along the line. And you were being, well, some people would say rude. I would say... Um, vicious nasty I would say honest <laughs> and there was a funny yeah. moment where you just looked along the line you did a really large comical pregnant pause and said what is that and we had to say yeah. it's a chocolate cake Lottie they're all chocolate cakes it was quite amazing yeah I think I think those things uh, a couple a couple of pointers I'd say I think that they people want to hear honesty like I want to hear the feedback you know I, when my bake's up I really want to know what that person thinks and I don't want them to be like oh it tastes so nice also as an audience member very boring seeing people go along going oh, that's nice very moist you know all that 
boring so I'm I'm always I like to keep it honest and the other thing was that temperature had really gone to my head by that point I wanted to get off the stage and have a cocktail around the corner somewhere and all I was doing was on this I was hot do you remember that fan I had a little a portable fan that I was desperately clinging to the batteries are running out and I just thought you know some people have made a really really fantastic effort and some people shouldn't have bothered <laughs> there was only one that we had to rein it in and I just whispered in your ear this is a child this is a child's yeah, cake yeah, a six yeah. year old's made this and props to them you know because if it was a six year old's doing it I've got all the time in the world for that it's when the adults are presenting stuff and you're like really you're going to give me a box cake are you a box cake that you've then tried to decorate yourself and it looks like a cow pat no I also hated those people that are like professional bakers and just like spent days and days on it you think oh shut the fuck up grow up yeah. You're a grown yeah. person trying to win a baking competition at a food festival. Get a life. But the second day, they really showed up, didn't they? There were some incredible cakes. And, like, I would never be able to make half the things that was presented. But you're right. There is that element of, like, you've got a lot of talent here and this has cost you a lot of money. Why? Why have you done it? And what did you win? What did they win? An apron or something? Yeah, literally just an apron. There wasn't even a cash prize. And there was one person who spent uh, 48 hours on this cake and was like dressing it up two minutes beforehand. And we came along on this wobbly stage. First tier of the cake fell on my hand. And my whole hand was covered in this like pink tat. What's it called? Icing? I don't know. Special word or something. No, tat. You were right the first time. Yeah. Yeah. And I was just licking it off my own fingers and they'd spent money on it and time. Oh, it's a waste of life for It him. looked like Barbie had melted on your hand. <laughs> yes. A lady did come up to us at the end of the second day uh, when you'd gone, Lottie, and she could come out from under the covers uh, like a Doctor Who monster. And she came up to us and she said, well, I'm sorry, I don't know what she was talking about. I don't know what she was talking about. She said that I put brown sugar in it. I wouldn't dream of it. I said, I wouldn't dream of it. She said, I don't know what she's talking about. And we had to be like, okay, sorry. <laughs> okay, what are we supposed <laughs> yeah, to do? Yeah, that's the other thing. It's like that, like they really think that you care. you're you're over it by this point that that gig's done we've moved on (laughs) do you enjoy those food festivals Lottie because we've heard you say before you do actually go to them as a punter or you did especially before Bake Off so you obviously do like the vibes there yeah I love the vibe of food festival I always used to go I'm obsessed with food always have been and I just love kind of being around other foodies but working them is a completely different ball game like the kind of I don't I, I get very nervous beforehand and then as soon as I get on the stage I tend to be okay and then when I'm on stage I kind of it all goes very quickly and I don't know what I've said and, and have I been inappropriate and am I going to be cancelled and then I get off the stage to go and see friends family or my manager who normally says well we got through that one or not your best or once I came off stage and she said you were too rude <laughs> too rude <laughs> like, okay fair enough so yeah it's all it is a blur but I do I do enjoy them and it's it's good laugh and you know we wouldn't have met if we hadn't both been at that food festival so there we go i'm sure you would like people to come up to you and know you from many other things but people will know you uh, from the 2020 series of the great british bake-off we know that has such a mass following uh lots of you know lovely people grandmas you know they like it but also watched by a lot of nutters who probably feel they know you really closely is there a strange experience you've had with meeting someone who if maybe they bumped into you on the street or they've tried to you know be friends with you is there a weird scenario that you've had uh yeah more than one um <laughs> i would say what's interesting is that because 2020 was um lockdown i was really lucky because it meant that i could go out the house wearing a face mask and that was like socially the norm so i would wear like a hood sunglasses a face mask and I'd kind of get away with it normally although I was recognized like that once um and a girl and a woman came up to me and said in Waitrose um you can hide behind those glasses but I know it's you and I was like well that's don't ever say that to a stranger terrifying um but that was the my first experience of it and I was like oh wow okay this is going to be this is like this is going to be quite a long haul because people just didn't forget I think it's because everyone was kind of inside trapped inside and Bake Off was just like a lifeline that they then it was they just couldn't they just couldn't let it go and it's much better now but there are still certainly I'm still I'm still shocked and surprised by the people who recognize me and have done strange things there's a lovely lady who I think is Canadian she came to a podcast recording that I did I signed a napkin for her and she then turned up at a book signing I was doing and she's had 
my autograph tattooed on her chest. Shut just, up. Uh, just under her collarbone, yeah. And she's a real sweetheart. She comes, She's incredibly normal. Um, so that was mad. And also I would have put more effort into the autograph had I thought it was going to be on her body forever. But she just said, can you just sign this to me? And I literally scribbled it on a napkin. And then she turned up with this awful scribble on her chest. And I was like, ah, what have you done? <laughs> the weirdest thing for me, despite all of that, is the collarbone. Yeah. What? What a rogue yeah. place. Prominent as well. Do you know what I mean? Like if she puts a low low cut top, that's it's out there. It's like it's like I've signed her chest. Very strange. And with respect, you didn't win the thing. <laughs> no, absolutely. I, I I barely came. Whatever it was, seventh or whatever week I came out. You know, I really, really, it was it was a bold choice. Um, I asked her if there was alcohol involved. She said not. So um, yeah, fascinating. But yeah, there are lots and lots of strange people. Um, but some lovely people as well. And the majority of Bake Off um, fans are very wholesome and kind of lovely people. It's not like I went on Love Island or something. So that's a relief when I meet those people. They're very warm, bunting people. Well, if we watch Love Island and see someone's got Lottie Bedloe's autograph tattooed on their collarbone when they're in their bikini, we'll know who it was. Yeah. Lottie, people, of course, know you from the Bake Off, but they loved you and they loved your personality because of the imperfections, because of the relatability. You often struggled with, you know, just the everyday um, uh, hazards of of cooking, you know, temperatures in the oven, uh, the battling the clock, all the aspects of baking that can just go wrong, the intangibles, Um, which is why you brought your book out, which was Baking Imperfect. Um, Tell us about the book and and, and how well it's gone down, etc. Yeah, not gone down as well as I'd hoped, to be honest. Um, but yeah, baking, baking perfect. Um, really, really enjoyed writing it, um, and that's what I take. That's what I take from it. It was a great process. Book sales it. imperfect. But yeah, book sale imperfect should should have been the title. Um, I it was a long old haul. It was seven months um, writing recipes, and I came up with them on my own. And it was in a period where lockdown was still we could still kind of like drifting in and out of lockdown, which meant that I was away from home and and living in a hotel and I was baking in an underground kitchen on my own all day, every day. I was the only person testing my bakes and eating them. I had no idea if any of it was good. I was going completely mad. And I then sent off all of the the kind of recipes in the book. And I was like, right, that's done. And then forgot about it for like, I don't know, another kind of seven months, eight months, completely forgot about it. And then suddenly you kind of get all of these calls from publishers and then you have to go and do photo shoots. And then I had to watch other people making my food. And I was like, oh my God, there's a real thing. I've I've done a thing. And so that was an incredible experience. And it was amazing to go to the States. And I was on like TV over there doing a little bit. And that was um, really weird experience, but but good fun. So it was a very, I was very, feel very fortunate to have had the opportunity. But yeah, it would have been nice if anyone had bought a copy. Yeah. (laughs) So do the publishers have to try and every single recipe that you've made onto the thing just to make sure that it that it's real like you could put like nitrous oxide or cyanide into mm. one and they might not know so do they have to try every single recipe out they don't have to try them what they do have we have like there there are about three different sets of like copywriters and editors so it goes through there's a specific food one so that person will go through it and be like mm, that sounds edible yes and then they move on to the you know, just the words one who's making sure that I haven't used any words that I shouldn't be using. Uh, and then there's another one who then goes on to, and does all the grammar. So it kind of gets passed from pillar to post before it before it gets printed, which is lucky. If we ever get asked to do like a, a programme for a show, we always put in some Easter eggs to see whether people check it or not. And as this goes out, it will be printed potentially thousands of copies. So we'll see uh, what ends up in the latest show that we're in, because there's some weird ones in it. Can I just tell Lottie two of the things we've Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we won't put it in. In our bio paragraph, we've broken it into like four or five minutes, or six actually, mini paragraphs. And the capital letter of each one eventually spells out, help us all the way down the, the line. <laughs> and at the end of the whole thing, we've got like, oh, you can find us at social media, blah, blah, blah. And then at the end of that line, we've just put full stop and then put the word fudge and then a full stop. <laughs> and it's made it. And it's, it's made it. <laughs> we've also got that we're fashion models and Sigourney Weavers. Of course, just an American actress doesn't yeah. make any sense whatsoever. And, and they've proofread it and we've gone, yeah, yeah that's fine. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's being printed uh, about you know 60,000 know, copies. That's incredible. <laughs> <laughs>
That's amazing. <laughs> um, Lottie, you got your, uh, you know, your famous Hollywood handshake for your quarantine Florentines, which look rather delicious. Um, do you feel that was your best bake, or do you feel you should have had a handshake uh, for something else? Or again, no. I don't think I should have had. <laughs> I definitely don't think I should have had any more handshakes. I think I was lucky to get that one. It is a good bake. I can't lie; like they do taste good. But I think it's always the way with him. Like with Paul, he's looking for something that he wants. Right? He's not walking into the tent thinking, "Oh, I, I hope to be surprised, and maybe I'll give out a handshake." He's walking in there, and if you tick the box that he was looking for on that given day, then you get a handshake. And it will always be like he's got something in his head that makes him think that the Florentines that he believes are the best Florentines are. They they were from like a memory that when he was when he was baking when he was a kid in a hotel or something. That's what he said to me. And they they reminded him just of the same ones that he used to make. That's why I got a handshake. And that's a really really common theme with Paul. It's like if you make something that kind of stirs up some sort of nostalgia for him. You get in a handshake. It's not about like it being the best in the tent. Prue, if Prue gives you feedback, you know that that's like genuine because she really, really knows her shit. And like she's an incredible, um, she's just like a, a genuine fountain of knowledge. Like she really is fountain, fount of knowledge, a fount of knowledge, a fountain of knowledge. I think a fount is a shortened version of fountain. So yeah, fountain of knowledge, I think it's fine. Yeah, not a font. No, we'll fount, put it through the three editors and the copywriters and get back to you. Did you let, let me know? Yeah. The font of all knowledge now, I don't know. But yeah, but she really knows her shit. Whereas I feel like Paul just kind of makes it up as he goes along. And, and you know, if he's having a good day and you make something he likes, then he's just like, well, oh, I'll throw in a handshake. I feel like he's been doing that his whole career, isn't he? Really making it up. From what we know about Paul, he's he's not short on self-confidence. You would know this yourself, being up close and personal to him. Just on the handshake thing, because I haven't watched Bake Off from the start. I've got to confess, it's been going a long time now. How did the handshake thing come about as a kind of shtick? Because don't you have to be yeah. a certain level of arrogance the first time he did it to go and then yeah. think that's a big deal? Imagine if I got booked to just be a judge on something and I went up to someone and I gave them a f- that and they I had to tell them that is significant. That, that's that means a fist I bump for you. audio listeners. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I forgot the medium for a second. <laughs> that could yeah. be anything. You <laughs> saved my bacon there. I could have pulled my trousers down. <laughs> First time I let it slide. Second one I'm going, they haven't got a fucking clue now. They don't know what you're doing. <laughs> yeah, it's just quite a weird yeah. thing, isn't it, the first time? It is. It is a weird thing. And I don't know when it started. And I'm not the diehard Bake Off fan that I should be, really. Um, but there are a lot of, like, there'll be whole Wikipedia pages on this. Do you know what I mean? I'm sure it's dedicated. There's a dedicated page to his handshake. But it's kind of like he wants to just say, you've done a good job. But it doesn't come across like that, in my opinion. It's, it's not like a have a pat on the back. It's not like that. It's like, oh, you've surprised me. Like, it's that kind of like, I don't know, there's just something about it. It's like, and then because of the excitement and because of the buzz around it and because you know what it represents, you're then really looking for it. And so then he's like even more got the upper hand because it's almost like you're begging for it. So you're like looking, you're just like checking and his hands are in his pockets at all times when he's doing that bit of judging and you're just looking for any little twitch in his pockets. That sounds weird. Edit that out. Um, But any little twitch in his pocket and then you're like, is it me? Is it coming to my way? Again, talking about the handshake. And then you realise that it is you and then that's amazing. And then you have to do the whole kind of like, oh my God, that's amazing. And I genuinely was really shocked and surprised. But because we were in lockdown, I hadn't realised that if we were allowed to touch or not, because we were in a in a bubble, but there was no physical contact, right? That was the rule. And we've all been living that life for you know however many months and then we went into this bubble for filming and we were all allowed to touch each other because we were all um tested every day and blah 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 and um so <laughs> we held that in for so long yeah you did really well you did really well just i saw the corners of your mouth creeping up the second i said t- we were all touching each other and i thought why have you said that yeah, well if paul's um, got a twitch in the pocket you want to touch it's natural you got a twitch in the pocket you want to touch you don't know if it's coming your way you know and so we we had no idea. And then suddenly, like he kind of, re- and I was like, oh, we are doing that. We are doing that. So I think my shock that, that made it in the cut wasn't really the shock of like getting the handshake. It was more the shock of like, you're touching me. <laughs> There's a lot to explode there, isn't there? In your head, you're going, yeah. you're touching me. And it's the one series where actually he giving you a handshake could have given you COVID. So perhaps he yeah. should have reversed the whole thing. And if he found the bake that he absolutely despised, he could have got his hand yeah. out of his pocket and gone, yeah. have COVID. <laughs> <laughs> I like to think when Paul walks around with his hands in his pocket, he's just gently caressing a fidget spinner. 
I yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, he can't fit much in there. Tiny pockets. Very small man. Um, <laughs> so I don't I don't know if that's what he's doing with his little fidgety fingers. But yeah, there's we're all watching his pockets. Let me tell you. <laughs> also with Bake Off, you've got to practice like all your bakes far in advance. Is that right? Like you would know what you're doing all the way until the end yeah. of the series. Should you get there? Is there anything that you were looking forward to baking? That you thought, oh, you bastards! I really wanted to do that. Yeah. So there. To be honest, I wanted. To to bake everything that I'd planned a recipe for because it got more and more ridiculous as time went on. I genuinely believed I was going home after the second week. So my recipes after biscuit week became more and more ridiculous. And unfortunately, because I stayed in, I actually then had to produce them. Um, and it and it caught up with me. Do you know what I mean? That's what happened. When I went home, it had caught up with me because I was absolutely straight bullshitting my way through it and suddenly was confronted with an ice cream cake I decided to make in the shape of a cassette tape and weirdly didn't work out. Um, my following recipe the next week was like a jelly cake. And I had, this is what I mean, it got so ridiculous and so kind of abstract that I just think the producers probably were like, get get rid of her because shit's going to, you know, shit's getting real. This is awful. Take her off. I wanted to make a th- a, like a multiple layer jelly cake of the layers of the rainforest, which started at the top in the sky and then went down through the canopy, ended up at the bottom. And then the bottom bit was all the different layers of the earth. And within that, I wanted to put real ants, mealworms and crickets um, to like represent the little creepy crawlies on the floor. And it's mainly because I wanted to feed Paul insects and be like, ha, you've got to eat it kind of thing. And also because I wanted to see if the food team could order them in because I didn't even know if that was like a genuine thing. And they did order them in. And um, because that's the week I went home, they already prep all of your ingredients. So you get given your ingredients box a couple of days before. So I was I went through it all, even though I was going home and I took all the bugs out. And then me and the crew and the other bakers like just were daring each other to eat all of the creepy crawlies in my in my baking box. And did you? Did you eat them? Yeah, it tastes like shit. <laughs> what was the worst one? The worst one was a cricket. They you, they don't look like they've got wings, but you like bite into them and then you're like, got their sort of, their sort of like lacy texture in your mouth. And then it was like, oh, I, I realise that they must have wings like hidden inside their little bodies. Yeah, I think that's what makes the little sound in it when they like slap against them. That cake in particular sounds lovely. And if there's one thing that's famously stackable, it's jelly. So it's such a shame that that didn't work out for you, Lottie. Such a shame I couldn't, yeah, couldn't, oh. couldn't make that. Yeah. Okay, let's get into it then. Congratulations, Lottie Bedlow. You've won a luxury weekend break to the idyllic city of Preston, where you'll be spending all your time in the finest twin bedroom Preston's Travel Lodge has to offer. It's common knowledge that there's little to do in Preston other than to sit in bed all day and watch television. We hope you have a pleasant stay. So we're going to whisk you off to a hotel room in Preston for the weekend. You're going to take with you a memory stick on this memory stick is four TV shows that you're going to watch on repeat throughout the entire weekend in Preston and a couple of bonus choices as well. I'm like a robot on repeat with that. <laughs> I, just, I made eye contact with Lottie for just for a second by accident and he was like, we were going, good performance. <laughs> Jolly good. I, I can't even tell you what I was thinking about, but my mind... <laughs> I know she's also a panto producer, so just fingers crossed you could be Widow Twanky next year. Get off. There's no amount of money in the world that would make me do that. That's not true. Again. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, the first TV show uh, is a show that makes you think of your childhood. That's me now. Uh, yes, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Now you are yeah. the performing monkey. <laughs> yeah, fantastic. So I'm going to be honest with you guys. I, I tried, I literally half an hour before this call thought I should probably listen to your podcast. So I just listened to uh, the Paul Foot episode and I, I haven't actually got to the bit where he talks about it. So I've got no idea. Now we've done the chat. No idea on the format. Absolutely no idea. So I'm happy to work it through with you. But when you need me to talk, just uh, just let me know. I'm gonna give you a sign. This is what this is the one that reminds me of my childhood. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah so yeah. you've got about 15 minutes. So we'll probably go make a cup of tea if you just begin. I've just had a performance explaining the format of the podcast to you. You tell me you weren't enjoying it or sucking up the no, information I wasn't, like a sponge. I wasn't listening. It just sounded so overly rehearsed. <laughs> So I've got two I've got two choices here. Can I just can I mention both and then I'll select one? Yeah, we so got time. <laughs> my first one is news round. I just 
I just loved Newsround as a kid and that was what made me feel like I really was a grown-up and they were teaching me what was going on in the world. So that's why I quite like Newsround. And I thought I could be a news reader one day, imagine. Um, my other one is Rick Stein's Seafood Odyssey. Um, it's because... always going to be one of the two, hasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I was obsessed with watching seafood cookery and I don't even eat, I don't even eat shellfish. <laughs> but like I was... I was obsessed with watching like like people like fishermen catching fish in nets, like all those like glittery fish, and then like Rick would turn them into something amazing and beautiful, and I'd be like, "Wow, that's so cool!" Well, he'd so, kill yeah. them, Lottie. That's what he'd do. He'd kill them. Yeah, they were dead, sure. Um, but um, yeah, I just I was yeah obsessed. So those were the two things from my childhood that I remember most fondly. <laughs> okay, let's start with news round. News round. I can't believe that hasn't come up actually staple diet of cbbc it's where you've yeah. got all your information in a non-patronizing yeah. but still child-friendly way loads of presenters have gone on to do really great things and they've gone up to actual pro- well i say proper news adult news it was awesome wasn't it when was it on about five o'clock bulletin i i don't know the precise timings <laughs> but i know it's actually still going at the moment i Is thought they cancelled it my girlfriend works in spain as a primary school teacher and at the end of every day she puts on news round to the kids obviously they're in Spanish so they can't understand a word <laughs> they can't understand a word of it and it's not about the news in their country so I don't know why she's doing that waste of everyone's bloody time that <laughs> but it's still going was, was my message there I think it's interesting isn't it like looking at it now I do wonder like what political sway we were being fed as children because like, there are certain news like there are news channels now that I w- like would choose not to watch because I'd be like I don't believe what you're saying as a kid just like this little malleable brain just like sucking in this information it's like oh you're telling me this it must be true you know that's an impression of me so yeah i i it's weird looking back on it but i really thought that was that was the law what they were telling us that was grown-up news no it was really cool and actually despite whether it was an entertaining show that's a debate for another time it does remind you of childhood it certainly reminds me of childhood i remember of news round the theme tune more than the actual show itself i remember like that little ball that was going through like tunnels or like an air vent system and then like the little ball in the middle would crunch up the middle bit and then that would be the start of the show. I feel like I'm considerably older than you because that sounds like some CGI bullshit that I did not have the opportunity to see as a child. (laughs) Was your opening sequence black and white? (laughs) Yeah. It was a man with a globe just spinning it. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. I got a round drawstring bag and a pencil case, which I've never been able to use in my life. So I might take a photo of it and, you know, get it down. You're going to go viral, are you? <laughs> no, but I just—I never had a, a cause for a news round. I couldn't use it as a PE kit, could I? Because everyone would be like, who's this fucking dweeb? I think they were yeah. saying that anyway, Luke. Well, didn't yeah. be the bad for that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, let's move on to um, the natural progression, the, the segue into Rick Stein's Fish, uh, fish Spectacular. Yeah, f- Seafood Odyssey, <laughs> sure. Oh, yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, what do you want to know about that? Yeah, well, what, what did it mean to you? Why did you watch it? And when did you watch it? Um, so I'm an only child. I was lonely. Um, I would watch it when I came in after school uh I was my mum and my stepdad where I used to live that's called my home um, <laughs> <laughs> flat flat share scenario was it <laughs> yeah where I get my belongings um they used to do a lot of house like renovation <laughs> And so we never really had the opportunity to like have a working kitchen. So um, I used to live off ready meals is basically what I was going to say. So I used to be really interested in food and cooking programs because I would be there with my little like carbonara ready meal on my own. (laughs) Such a tragic story. Don't feel sorry for me. I was really happy. Um, And that's just that's just my memory. It's like uh, that's what I would watch when I was in charge of the TV on my own. Was it on at that time or had you recorded it? That and Babe Station. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was on Food Network, so yeah, you could watch it at any time. All right, what are you going for then, Lossie? <laughs> oh, I don't want to choose. I know, it's tough, isn't it? It is tough. Um, <clears throat> this is on a memory stick, and I feel like Newsround might date 
if this is all I've got for the weekend. Do you know what I mean? Watching the same news for 20 minutes, round and round and round again. Also, you've got all the series ever, which is about 50 years worth of news. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I've accidentally put voice um, on my phone and it's been typing out every word we've said. You've been transcripting it by accident. <laughs> what a load of bollocks that'll read us. Um, okay, let's go with... Uh, maybe I'll learn something. I'll learn something new with news round. Maybe it'll be like a history lesson. So, yeah, let's go with news round. Okay, I didn't have money on that i thought you'd go rick mm. look i just i'm trying to be more accessible to the masses no one else is going to have heard of rick stein seafood odyssey are they so just trying to do the right thing we'll lock that in for you all right thank you thanks no, no problem let's move on then to your second choice and this is going to be a tv show that gets you laughing what makes you go hee hee and a lot of you speak now <laughs> thank you yeah so i've gone with staff let's flats um it is i would arguably say like some of the most genius comedy writing that I have seen um, in a very long time I think it's incredibly clever I, lo- I I laugh out loud it's something that I will watch again and again and again um, friends and family we all quote it uh, it is like a staple in and amongst my friendship group and if you I do a little thing with Stathless Flats where it's like a Stathless Flats test we call it the Stath test for short and if that person doesn't find staff funny, I don't find them funny and we can't be friends. Yeah, we completely concur. We've uh, been on the Jamie Dimitri trail for about 10 years, probably. And we saw him and all his contemporaries do stuff at Fringe. We were at this cabaret bar once uh, in the Pleasance Courtyard in the Edinburgh Fringe. And he came on. It was one of the sort of second or third times we'd seen him. And he came on and he put a cap on and he pretended to be Zayn Malik from One Direction for 10 minutes. And it was so funny. And he did Zayn Malik as if he was a nervous teenager. (laughs) (laughs) He goes like, I'm a shy little boy. Yeah. <laughs> it was fantastic. And we just yeah. adore him. And so, yeah, we've just watched him, you know, get better and better and better. And the first series, which was co-written by Robert Popper of Friday Night Dinner, etc. It, it was finding its feet. It was half sort of his brain, but half kind of too controlled. And then two and three absolutely flies. And yeah, it's just it's just incredible. Give us some yeah, of your yeah. favourite quotes. I mean, Silly Billy Awards comes to mind. Oh, um, Silly Billy Awards, Road Baby, particular <laughs> favourite. I can't move for road babies. When I see them on the road, I, I I honestly have to physically stop myself and being like, you know, road baby. I have to, I just, I want to give them the nod. I've got a t-shirt that says rock. Um, I wear that <laughs> to bed. Can't wear it out. Um, I'm a, I'm a big, I'm a big fan. I've got a list of quotes on my phone, um, which is a shared uh, list with my, with my cousin. We, we, you know, equally enjoy equally. And I promise you that every time we watch it, there's something that we've missed that we haven't heard before. And it's something that staff says, or, you know, something that one of the others says, and you just think, what, like, how did he come up with this stuff? And the language, that's what gets me. It's like the playing with words where it's so nearly, makes sense and it doesn't yet quite make sense and it just makes you love the characters even more respect me it's a classic um (laughs) road baby i don't know why you're chickling away chickling away brilliant like we don't use that enough beak when he interacts with the pigeon that's one of my one of my all-time favorite scenes that is a fair truth we should say that more that is a fair truth enough is as much i say that all the time that is a cracker that one (laughs) enough is as much um twisty pickle i say that all the time yeah equal chargements every time i go anywhere near a plug socket i'm talking about the equal chargements um yeah anyway i won't i won't go on whoopsie on the forks i finished <laughs> okay i finished we have a whole group chat with a friend of ours who absolutely loves it as well just called crunk which gets you yeah, quite often um that we yeah. just we just put absolute rubbish into yeah we love it so so much it's it's just fantastic one of my favorite bits is also when he looks at the the baby in the pram and he just goes up to it and says are you nice? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, perfect. Yeah, um, it's yeah. it's fantastic. We love that. We love all the outtakes. I'm sure you've seen the outtake that, of course, never made it into the show because it was too funny of uh, one of the extras that has to walk past licking a DVD yeah. oh, and so Jamie Dimitri just has to oh, say... licking a DVD! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. so funny. Also, which is so strange, you feel like uh, like 50% of it would be uh, like improvised, but yeah. m- most of it's scripted, which is so how are you sitting there writing the words like that moving 
moving them around so that they form that sentence. Like, you think, yeah. okay, that's easy if you're just coming up with that shit live. But the fact that you're writing that in advance yeah. is insane. Yeah. It's genius. It's genius. It's genius writing. Truly genius writing. And he's a clever boy, isn't he? When we look at how he's uh, come up through the ranks, he's a clever boy. That's, that's how it happens. I think, you know, there are probably a lot of people who are watching it and not really getting it because they haven't kind of given it any respect or press, like, because they're not sure where he's from or his background or like all do you know what I mean and so I think people are, are quite quick to be like well this makes me feel awkward or I don't get it I don't get it it's not funny it's like just sit with it like if you haven't just sit with it and let it wash over you and become absorbed in that world like yeah fish or drink I'm gonna stop I am because there are <laughs> listeners here who won't have a clue what we're talking about is it fish or drink said in a Greek Cyprian Cypriot accent is something I say on, on the regular we could literally talk about it all day there are so many good bits the characterization is amazing Al the character where he's just got to hold a black piece of card over his face because he's got, he's got an eye infection oh, I can't remember what it is it's just amazing the night out episode with Julia Davis is insane <laughs> where the last there's just three of them and they drink a pint and then they just immediately just throw all the pints on the floor <laughs> it's just incredible when we went to cyprus on holiday luke and i there's so many signs in cyprus that just look like they've been ripped from stathlet's flats because the english isn't quite a- as we would say it so there was just like someone on like a, a quad bike uh, next to like a chicken farm and it was just so like ride bike have fun or just like so strange you think the whole whole of cyprus is just stathlet's flats and it it is fantastic yeah they should do tours i think they should do stath tours because i would i'd go i would go well they're too busy now they're all they're all hollywood we know kyle a little bit we've had him on the podcast and he's doing ever so well we're quite friendly with ellie white who is of course katia she is just so so funny they're all just such good comic actresses and actors yeah. as well um i don't know if you've ever seen a little page of the script he put a page on twitter once like five years ago and it just shows how crazy it is there's a line where he's got to say something like oh come on just roll the dice and it's just a b ellipsis b ellipsis dice written in the script <laughs> <laughs> it's just absolutely ridiculous yeah I, yeah genius genius mind <laughs> You've had two TV shows. We're going to move on then to your third choice. This is your first bonus choice. And this is the television personality that you are going to spend the weekend in Preston with watching these TV shows on repeat. Are we not doing the one that makes me sweat? We do, but if you've listened, if you hadn't bothered to listen to the format, we sprinkle the bonus options within the show as a nice little break for the audio listener. Well, they're not getting a break. They're still hearing my voice, but yeah, okay. So uh, what's, what, who, what was the question? Who am I taking? Thanks for listening. Yep, it's your TV personality. Bonus choice one. Right, ask me again and I'll answer so I'm not talking over you. Speak now. Greg Davies. <laughs> Done. Your sweating choice. <laughs> Get the portable fan back out. We're moving on. <laughs> no, let, 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 let's sit on it for a while and enjoy the process. <laughs> Greg Davis, a lot of people will know him from Taskmaster, but been around for years and years. Stand up comedian, done the circuit for years. We've seen him a couple of times, just as funny as he is live as he is through the Taskmaster platforms. Uh, what's your reasoning? Uh, is it the good looks? Is it the charm? Is it the funniness? Is it the comedy? What is it? Tell us more. Yeah, it's all of it. And he's just massive. I really like him a lot. Um, It's an issue that I've had for a while as like a secret crush issue. Um, And then it's kind of just become more and more apparent as time goes on. And when I realised it was a problem was when The Cleaner came out. Um, Really got into that series, but realised that I was sort of, it wasn't really lust anymore. I was then like sort of developing quite strong feelings for this crime scene cleaner played by him. And I like, I want to go out for a drink with this man. And then I watched Taskmaster and he's like very strict. And I'm like, oh, Greg, you know, stop it. So is that your type, strict and massive? Yeah. (laughs) I didn't think you were going to say yeah, but actually that was had less comic potential than I thought. (laughs) 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 <laughs> okay, well, yeah, we, we've listed his, his achievements. He's a funny guy, isn't You he? are going to love it when I tell you about a certain Russian leader. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, so Greg Davis. Um, yeah, yeah, we've seen him live a couple of times. Really, really funny guy. We've seen him walking around the fringe before as well. He's He is truly ginormous, bigger than you even think. Oh, well, your, your eyes are lighting up, of course, you know. <laughs> he towered above you and you're 6'2". Oh, my God, he's massive. He's like 6'7 or 6'8 or something crazy. Um, Such big hands. 
<laughs> um, do you know, this may or may not put you off him, he um, obviously keeps his private life private and personal, but he used to date Liz Kendall, who I think was a Lib Dem politician. Did you know that? I did know that. I did a bit of, a bit, did a bit of digging. Um, but yeah, I found out about that. And I just think, you know, we don't know what these people are like behind closed doors. I like the idea that I've got of Greg in my head. If that that's the kind of woman he wants to go for, crack on. Do you know what I mean? Like, fucking boring. <laughs> I thought you were developing uh, a paragraph that was going to lead to, so don't judge a book by its cover, she might be lovely. But I was then you going did to, and then I back. changed my mind. Yeah. yeah, I was going to, and then I backtracked. We don't know what goes on behind closed doors, so we shouldn't judge her. However, he should be with me. <laughs> Well, I'm sure we can get this going. I'm sure we can work a couple of connections in your favour. <laughs> well, Lottie, is there anything in particular you would like to speak to him about? Because you've got a whole weekend here. I'm going to cover every topic. Um, wow. I'm just going to listen a lot as well, because um, I just really like to hear him talking about a lot of things. Anything, actually. Um, Both eyebrows raised there. Good one. I just feel like, yeah, I need the Botox doing. I feel like... The more I'm talking about this, the more I'm giving away, like, it's been a while. Do you know what I mean? And that's what I think is coming across. Because I've gone from being like, yeah, sure, he could be there to like, he can talk to me about anything and I'll listen. <laughs> like, Why do you think we keep leaving the silences? <laughs> we've really, um, it's really accelerated and we're... <laughs> what we're getting here is this twin room is being pushed into a double. That's what we're getting here. Just for context, could you give us another celebrity who you perhaps have a similar crush on or would no. it be completely different? It's just Greg. Miss Trunchbull. <laughs> it's just, it is just Greg. I just have a crush. The, the, the crush is real, but it's, it's no, there isn't anyone else. I mean, you know, I've had sort of moments with people, but no one who always stays like Greg does. You've had moments with people. You know, moments where you're like, do I find that person attractive? I think I do find that person attractive, you know, but it's normally a character as opposed to the like actor themselves or something or, or like anyone who's funny like I find en- most people who make me laugh I find them attractive but like I don't want to hang out in a travel lodge with Frankie Boyle do you know what I mean it's a different vibe so what character have you most lusted after you know that um massive thing made of rocks in Fantastic Four <laughs> yeah I know you mean. what the one that's on fire right yeah yeah fair enough <laughs> Let's move on to your sweating choice. Uh, This is also a TV show that gets your blood pumping. What are we going for here? It's the one you've waited for all this time. Um, Hell on Wheels. Never heard of it. (laughs) Yeah. So originally I wrote Line of Duty, then I wrote Happy Valley, and I was like, everyone's going to have been saying this stuff. So like, let's try and mix it up a little bit. So Hell on Wheels is um, like, I want to say it's like a period drama, but I don't want it to sound boring. So it's not a period drama. It's, I'm going to actually read you because I I Googled it on Wikipedia so that I could read it to you and sound like I'd done my homework. But it turns out I can't read it without my glasses. Wait a minute. (laughs) Okay. So it is a drama, period drama. It covers the transcontinental railroad across the US where workers, mercenaries, I've put hookers, but prostitutes, bar owners, and all of the others that lived in the mobile encampment whilst building the railroad. So it's like, it's basically drums happening on the road and there's like guns and fighting and loads of cool stuff. Well, I'm glad we were PC with the prostitutes there. Heaven yeah, forbid. I couldn't remember if I, what did I say? Did I say prostitute or hooker? I can't okay. remember. What shouldn't you say? They were pe- They were women who chose to sell their bodies. They were sex workers. Yeah. This might be a staffism, Lottie, but when you first said the show, I thought it was Helen Wheels. Helen Wheels, yeah. <laughs> Helen was a big fan of her work. <laughs> this first came out in 2016. I don't know that. I have Googled that. Uh, was this a show that was on UK television or is this a stream show? It was on Prime and I found it round about the time that, that, that it started coming out and it came out on Prime and it was a beautiful bingeable watch. Um, unfortunately, I started re-watching it about two months ago, got through series one and series two. Series three, taken it down, haven't they? Giving you series four, five and so on. So then you're like, do I want to pay 20 quid to watch that third season? But equally, I can't watch four without watching three again. So that's annoying. But it is, it's definitely, it's definitely worth a watch if you haven't seen it. And they're trying to get your pennies off you, aren't they? So is there a oh. main protagonist who's a, a gun slinging cr- cr- crackhead? Uh, I don't know what I meant yeah. there. <laughs> And it's just a general Texas West shooting maps, yeah? I don't know where it is in America, um, but the railroad goes there. 
And uh, yeah, it's a lot of shooting. It's a lot of like stuff to do with kind of the governmental side behind like laying the railroad, what that means for like the local inhabitants of that land. So that's quite interesting. Um, but yeah, the main guy, Cullen Bohannon, is like a gunslinging kind of, he was in the army, but all of his family were killed. So he's out for vengeance. So he's like ready to, <laughs> he's ready to kill some people. Um, and then he's like, oh no, I'm going to take on like, I'll lead these people instead. And then, you know, and it's all, it's nice. It's nice. But it's like, it's for me, I need drama to have like a bit of pace and I need it to have a bit of action. And I can't be just dealing with like romantic storylines all the time, does my head in. So there's like, he's got a bit of stuff and that's nice. There are the hookers. <laughs> So that's fine. <laughs> the rest of it is just like fights and just cool stuff with guns. Have you paid for uh, series three of said hookers and stuff? Or are you, are you saving up for the big day? I haven't paid for it this time round, but I am tempted. Might treat myself a little Christmas gift. So you're saying, Lottie, you would pay for it? Yeah, yeah, I would pay for it, yeah. <laughs> Children, you are. <laughs> okay lottie um do you want to give a quick shout out to uh the worst type of show because you said that's anything that's too romantic what's an example of something you would hate to watch i've never watched a disney movie like a you know like those old-fashioned disney movies i wasn't allowed to watch disney as a kid because my parents thought it would um set me up with unrealistic expectations of love and various other things could explain a lot about how i am the way i am um so I hate watching that shit, like anything with the, where they sort of, they've got those tiny little waists and those huge dresses and like, they're just looking for their Prince Charming, like fuck off. Yeah. No. You've gone the other um, way because your fantasy is Greg Davis. Yeah. So <laughs> it worked. Um, and so, yeah, that, so that's that I wouldn't want to watch that. But then when it comes to like, I have to say, I'm not going to watch Love Island. You can't make me watch any of that. Like Geordie Shaw, I haven't ever seen any of those kind of things. So like reality shows that remind me of the state of society, I'd like to avoid those if possible. Yeah, we can arrange that. No problem at all. Hell on, Thanks. what is it? Hell on heels. Hell on wheels. <laughs> Helen's heels. <laughs> Hell on heels. I was like a spin off to like, don't tell the bride. Yeah. Not yeah. an appropriate moment for me to get my uh, Disney tattoo out. Go on then. No, no, I said it's not an appropriate moment. I've got oh, one of the I princesses think... with the anybody waists. Have you actually? <laughs> no, I haven't. I got Mike Wazowski. And also, you'd like that, a carrot, because that is food-based and you are a chef. Yeah, Just I, I, I look, yeah. <laughs> um, Lottie, I want to ask you something about your, your food, actually. I was going to say that... Um, it's a bloody good segue. You're welcome. I was going to say that you're, you're very inspiring, I would say, to um, young chefs and, and budding amateur bakers and things because you're not afraid to get things wrong. And it's the sort of thing staff would do. Am I right in thinking you forgot the flour in a big demonstration for your brownies? Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, I was in a tent. I think I had about 150 people watching and I baked the brownies, put them into the oven and then realised that the flour was still on the side. So, yeah, that happens a lot. And that's very real. Like, I think there are a few people who have said to me, you know, like, how can you... how? But, but, Basically, how did you get on the show? Do you know what I mean? Um, without being rude, uh, how did you get on the show? And I think they were struggling for participants in the year that I applied. Um, and I think they wanted to take a punt on someone who was as chaotic as me. I think it's about the process, enjoying the process, not worrying about this kind of idea of perfection that comes out at the end. Stop comparing it to Instagram, unless it's my Instagram, and the chances are yours is going to look better than mine anyway. Um, so yeah, I, it's a, it's a nice thing to be able to do to kind of just bring it back down to reality a little bit. We love your videos for that, to be fair, because you don't try to insta perfect them. Like when you're doing your puddings or quesadillas or whatever, we loved your pumpkin pie, which started with, I hate pumpkin, but you did a yeah. pretty good job in the end. Yeah. It tasted all right, you know? Um, but I not so all right that I made more because I've now got four tins of pumpkin puree in the cupboard, which I obviously will never use for anything else. Um, but yeah, I had to order it off Amazon, really hard to get hold of. And I'm not boiling a pumpkin. You, do you know how long that takes to get actual pumpkin puree? It's a right faff. How long? Well, just a long time, actually. <laughs> I hope that's not on your recipe books. <laughs> Bake yeah. it for a long time. I actually make sure that there isn't any time. So you know when people say like it will take two hours to do this bake or whatever, I've purposely left out all the timings on my recipe book because it should take you as long as you want it to take you. What I've given you is the time that it needs in the oven. But in terms of like, you know, prep time, 20 minutes, prep time, do what you want. 
Do you know what I mean? Like if you if it includes you dancing around the kitchen, do the dancing and make it whenever you want. So yeah, there is some timing in my book, but I only when it only when there needs to be. What's your go to dancing song around the kitchen? I'm normally headbanging around the kitchen, to be honest. Um so when I bake, this it, it came across as though I'd just done this for the show, but this is the honest truth. So I there's a playlist on Spotify called Viking Metal, and that's the playlist that I listen to when I'm baking because it just makes me feel like I'm like ready. Like any battle metal, anything where it's like talking about like going to war, I'm like, yeah. It's also the music I listen to when I have to commute, when I used to have to commute in London and I was on the tube and like everyone was in the way and tourists just stood in front of you on the stairwell and I'd just be like, Wah. But actually, I'd be like, oh, excuse me. But then listening in my ears, I'd have the battle cries. I can understand that for a commute, but that would make me want to smash up my bake. I'd smash up your bake. Tastes like <laughs> shit. <laughs> well, anyway, if you get things wrong, at least you can improvise around them. Like forgetting the flour and the brownies, they can still come out okay. I forgot the apples once for apple crumble for food tech. I had to just sit it out. <laughs> oh, yeah, you did. Yeah. So what did you make? Shortbread? Um, nothing at all, to be honest with you. I reckon I had to do... Uh... I was going to say lines, but that hasn't been done since the 1940s. <laughs> lines on a blackboard. <laughs> I did that once with um, a ratatouille. <laughs> I, I really hate courgette, and obviously it's very courgette-based. So I just, um, I, was, I was in the car journey, and I had to get rid of it because it was slopping around. So I just um, chucked a ratatouille out on the M3. What's the punchline? He was on a motorbike at the time. Yeah. Shit. <laughs> There's no motorbike. It was a it was a disaster really for everyone involved, and there was definitely a Toyota Prius behind that was covered in ratatouille. Okay, there we go. That that's quite that. He that brought is, it back. <laughs> yeah, he brought it back last minute there. Your last TV show. This is your free hit. This is perhaps the TV show that you couldn't live without. Any TV show, any genre, any year. Crack on. Okay. It's a boring one, but it's one that makes me feel warm and happy inside, um, which is a feeling we all need to feel sometimes. Um, it's called The Midwife. Ooh. I so, don't think we expected this from you, Lottie, because you you, you, <laughs> you, you emit so, a sort of hard-nosed demeanour, sort of quite cutting sarcasm. I didn't expect Call the Midwife. Yeah, it's an odd one. Like, I really like have quite a strong dislike for children, um, and I certainly have no interest in babies or experiencing them, or, let alone being a midwife, but it's a lovely kind of period drama from the BBC. It's like comforting. I know the characters, they don't change. There's not scary things happening. They did a whole bit like post-World War II. It's everyone's got like bombed out and yet, you know, it's okay because little Johnny had a blanket and they all snuggled up and had a cocoa. Do you know what I mean? Like it's just, <laughs> it makes you feel like it's going to be all right, whatever is going on in the world. So I would, that that's my one that I go to as like a comfort watch. I can actually imagine you being in Call the Midwife. Like, I can imagine you in that, don't take this the wrong way, but in, like, the midwife attire, uh, like, going around on a bicycle and, like, maybe just delivering babies. But Yeah, I, they I... don't post them, just to be clear. They... <laughs> oh, yeah. I thought of you as Postman Pat. That's what I've done. <laughs> i got nothing else to say. You did make it sound like the process of delivery was, like, they, they chuck it out from a basket on front of the bicycle. yeah. yeah. <laughs> Like a newspaper. I am, um, no, I, I would have no interest in it. That it's what's really lovely is that, the, that each episode is really human stories, really kind of interesting stories about being in the East End and kind of not having any money and like what that would have been like. And and then you've got that. I don't know anything about religion either. And like they're all in a convent, they're all based in a convent. And I find that really interesting because, like, what a way to choose to live, eh? Like they just sign their life away to God, they marry God. And I just find all that really interesting. So, yeah. I watch it and think it's a documentary. <laughs> We've had um, George Rainsford, an actor. You may or may not remember him. I don't know when you got into Call the Midwife um, on this podcast as well. So two of the shows you've chosen, we've actually had guests directly from that show. But of course, you wouldn't know because you haven't listened to it or read the you know format. Um, but, uh... He said yeah, that sorry. working on Call the Midwife was really relaxing, like one of those ones where everyone got on well with each other. So the vibes of the show seep yeah. into the backstage true really true you know if you've got drama backstage it's going to play out on stage that's true so if they're having a nice time backstage then that means that it will come across should we wrap it up yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is it's a really comforting show it's a sunday night treat for those that like it i did actually watch some quite of the early stuff um because my mum's a nurse she's kind of interested in it and she'd read the me book me too 
What, you're a nurse? No, obviously I'm not. Imagine my bedside manner. No, my mum's a nurse. <laughs> your bedside manner. Right, what the fuck is it? <laughs> right, get this baby out. I'll get the pliers. <laughs> <laughs> For the listeners, he's done another action. <laughs> Sacateurs. <laughs> Unusual name for a baby. <laughs> um, that's nice. That's nice and, and wholesome. I really, as I said, didn't expect it of of you. <laughs> nice and wholesome. No, I know it's it's interesting. Like the more you get to know me, the more the more you'll realise I'm just a I'm just just you know I am nice and wholesome. It's the eyes that get me in trouble. <laughs> well, when yeah, have your eyes just... got you into trouble before? What do you mean? We're looking at Paul's Hollywood twitchy hand. <laughs> yeah. No, I've I've got eyes. I think I've I've got. Yeah, I... that's for sure. I've got eyes. Uh, and I think what it is, is that I'm quite um, expressive with my face. And often that gets me into trouble because I find it difficult to hide my emotion. But it also means that people often think for whatever reason that my eyes look like they're saying something to you, which they're absolutely not. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> Panic. <a lot. laughs> yeah. Oh, I see what you mean. Your eyes kind of betray you. Yeah. In moments of sincerity. Yeah, so actually I am doing nice, warm, comfy Sunday night viewing, not just, you know, whatever it is you think I'm doing, slaughtering children in my spare time or whatever. Have your eyes ever betrayed you in a minute's silence? Like, for example, Remembrance Sunday at school, someone plays the bugle or the trumpet in a bit of a bad way. Yeah, you look at your friend note, yeah. and then it's like all hell breaks loose because you can't I laugh. have to shut my eyes at times like that. <laughs> honestly you just look like you're into the moment so much you look so respectful yeah so respectful it's better to look so respectful than like pissing yourself laughing because as soon as someone says don't laugh or like can you like shh i'm gone do you know what i mean like i'll be it only takes me catching someone's eye and then that that's the end of days and it will be like the funniest thing i've ever experienced and there's no hope of me stopping so i just i just have to shut my eyes and just wait for it to finish <laughs> We'll clip that up as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was our whole school days, to be honest. Which bit? <laughs> Not that bit. <laughs> your final choice, your second bonus option, uh, and that is the food or unlimited snack supply item uh, that you're going to eat on repeats throughout the entire weekend. It's all you can eat. And it's all you can eat. And this is interesting because you do stuff with food. It's going to be babies. Yeah. It's going to be babies. <laughs> it's a cheese board, actually. Oh. Um, cheese board, uh, Bath Oliver biscuits, Bath Oliver crackers. Um, I'd like a, a nice cheddar, a couple of softs, maybe a blue, a soft blue, ideally. Oh, go a bit so slower, Lottie. He's trying to fucking write this down. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ, give the man a break. <laughs> I've got cheese board and, soft and hard. Yeah, lovely. Cheese it would have been handy if bar. that um, transcripty thing was still going on your note page. Um, I want a bar, some Bath Oliver biscuits, please. That's very important. Um, and a caramelised onion jam, balsamic caramelised onion jam, ideally. Um, that's that's all. When you say jam, obviously you do know what you're talking about. But what's the difference between a jam and a chutney? Great question. I think it's probably sugar content. Um, like jams to me feel like they would be sugar and uh, fruit or whatever it is, vegetable. But a chutney, you've got vinegar in it. So it's a more, it's more of a preserve, I think, because it's like a way of, do you know, I'm chatting utter shit. <laughs> so I, I honestly have no idea. I honestly have no idea. We'll I forgot this is being recorded. I genuinely forgot this is being recorded. I was like, yeah, probably that. And then I suddenly thought, shit, this is a real thing. These people are genuinely asking this question and people are going to listen to this. I, I tell you something yeah. for free. I ate chutneys. I think they stink the place out. Chutneys. No, I hate chutneys. <laughs> Sorry, that's my East End London vibes coming through. And no, I hate them. I think they taste and smell awful, chutneys. That's No, you can't say that because there are so many. No, what you're all. saying is you don't like the smell of vinegar. Well, yeah, but that if that's included as you say it is, and I take your word as gospel, it's included in all chutneys, which I don't like. Chutneys means something else where I'm from, which is why I called it a jam. <laughs> what? <laughs> what do you mean it means something else? In like Cockney rhyming slang, it means something else, something like dirty, or or it's just a completely different thing. My old man's a chutney. What, yeah. In what context do you use chutney that's different? I can't say that. Oh, when really? When we stop recording, I'll tell you. Is it that bad? I don't know, but I don't want to get cancelled. Again. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right, then. I love a cheese board, though. That's my kind of vibe. Love a brie. Love a squishy brie. Uh, You can have a cheese board. Yeah, smash him. Do you like Gruyere? I don't like Gruyere. 
Why not? That was one of the candlesticks in Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> she wouldn't know. Don't watch Disney. <laughs> I, I've seen no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> it's quite clever for those listening. It was a good. That was a good callback. Yeah. Me old, me old Chutney. <laughs> <laughs> if I get cancelled just for saying Chutney now, I really am confused. I didn't think I'd be the one that wasn't cancelled in this. I must admit. Mm, I don't know. It's not cancellable. It's not cancellable. But I, I want to tell you the story of how I thought that what I thought Chutney meant meant something else. Well, can can to... you tell us if it's really bad, we'll edit it out, with our promise? No. <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> I don't know that you'll do that. Like, honestly, the podcast that I've done in the past where I'm like, just FYI, if you could cut that bit out where I've really slagged off Paul Hollywood, that would be ideal. And they're like, yeah, no worries. Leave it with us. Yeah, no, you can really trust us. <laughs> For the audio <laughs> listeners, Luke is winking again with another hand action. That's on his eye, I suppose. <laughs> My eyes betrayed me on that occasion. All right, let's get this wrapped up and we can have a proper chat without these public say <laughs> listening. Okay, you go to Preston for a weekend. You're going to be taking a TV show that makes you think of your childhood. That is News Round. You're taking a TV show that gets you laughing. That's going to be Stathlet's Flats. You're taking Greg Davies for a weekend. Yep, right smile there. A TV show that gets you sweating. That's Hell on Wheels. Uh, your free hit is Call the Midwife. And your food is going to be a nice cheese board, a bit of soft, a bit of hard, uh, bath Oliver biscuits, caramelised balsamic onion jam, or chutney, whatever the hell you think it is. Uh, sound like a good weekend to you? I'm so in. When are we going? Well, we're, we're not going. Yeah, You're like, on your own. I don't like chutney. <laughs> as long as Greg's there, I don't mind. Anyway, we'll wrap it up there. All right. Bye, Lottie. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Well, there we go. Lottie Bedlow on You Have Been Watching. Uh, we went delusional and delirious. Absolutely delirious. I love that. That was so much fun. <laughs> That's us uh, when we're not being reserved. <laughs> and also, uh, we've been so, uh, I was going to say, so naughty with her. That gives the wrong impression. Uh, but we, there's so many things we couldn't put in because uh, it, was, it was bad, yeah. She was a bad influence, I think, put it that way. Yes, she is. And absolutely right about the chutney thing. We'd have been cancelled and not good for public consumption. <laughs> Yes, yeah. we heard her real answer afterwards. It was a little bit derogatory. <laughs> yes. um, I've got an answer to the jam and chutney debate. She was wondering the difference between jam and chutney. She didn't know, even though she's a professional uh, chef and a baker. Well, I've done a bit of Googling, and I can tell you the difference between a jam and a chutney. And here we go. A jam and a chutney both contain sugar, although a jam would be much sweeter, with the chutney having a more acidic, tangy flavour from the addition of, you guessed it, vinegar. So there we go. And I'm sure me, just like her, couldn't give a shit about that either. No, no, but it was interesting at the time, you know. People yeah. might want to know the difference. There'll be a couple of grannies who are listening who really do want to know that. Mine especially will find that slightly fascinating. Mm. And just as equally fascinating was found or font of knowledge. And I can tell you for sure that American English is font, whereas we use fount in English. So you can use either. It's absolutely fine. There you go. Knowledge as well. You learn a little bit of something every day on this podcast. BBC, please give us the educational funding. <laughs> uh, you can, of course, go and buy Lottie's book. Forgotten what it's called, Luke? Baking Imperfect. There you go. And you can follow her on social media. Don't know what it is, Luke. What is it? At Lottie Got Cake and her TikTok at Lottie Got Cake TikTok. So there we go. You can catch her listening to Viking Headbangers and making pumpkin puree and other baking-related goods. Yes, she'll certainly be authentic. She's not going to uh, give you something that's not her true self. Uh, no, we do love Lossie a lot, and I think we'll be having a bit of fun together in the future. Uh, do listen... Uh, well, you are listening. Uh, but do subscribe to the podcast for future episodes released every single Monday. It really does help. Please leave a five-star review. If it's anything less, don't please bother. And follow us on social media at Luke and Elliot Comedy and at Luke and Elliot. Just search Luke and Elliot and it'll be on something. Although, do not follow the American woman Luke and Elliot on Instagram. Do not do it. Do not do it. We don't like her. <laughs> <laughs> Anything more? No, that's all from me, I think. I think I've covered all bases. Yeah, same. Well, respect. <laughs> yeah, yeah, mad stuff, yeah. Should we do a handshake through the radio waves? Let's do it. All right. Done. <laughs>